So here we are in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 2. Think about it this way. No little girl dreams of being and doing what she was and did. Rarely does one become a sex worker by choice, do they? You become one most often, maybe not always, but most often because of terrible, evil things that have happened to you or have often accompanied by circumstances where it seemingly was beyond your control. You see, treated as a commodity, women were property in the ancient world. However, this role as a prostitute is, yes, is less yet. It is the low of lows. To be used as a recreational vehicle is not only soul-numbing, it would be soul-annihilating. And most people don't want her as their neighbor. Nor did they want their kids growing up around her. And her life lived literally in the wall of the city of Jericho. She literally and figuratively is on the boundary, on the edge, on the fringe of society. And in this way, living on the wall, those outside the city had access to her, and those inside the city knew where to find her. And last week, as we looked at the call of Joshua, be strong and courageous, were God's words to Joshua. Every part of Joshua 1 feels like it is written in a major key. That is, onward, Hebrew soldiers. The battle belongs to the Lord. We are the Lord's army. But today's section in chapter 2 is a stunning contrast. And these two chapters, side by side, in a way offers its own humor. Just like chapter 1, God's presence and power and covenantal love are never in question. But the tactics for battle in chapter 2 are anything but conventional. You see, Rahab, the lady of the night, is the woman of the hour. And this Canaanite prostitute, a pagan 
prostitute, named after a Canaanite god, hides these two Israelite spies visiting her house in the red light district while being hunted down by officers of the king of Jericho. What was going on in her head to make a spur-of-the-moment decision, one that could cost her her life if it turned out bad? Did she think, well, what if these foreigners, these Israelites coming in, mistreat me or abuse me? Or what if the king's men find out I am harboring spies? She could get it from either direction. But somehow she saw amazing possibilities of the future, not the costs. Most amazing, she takes these next steps by faith. And even with a limited understanding of the God of Israel, she puts it into action. And she hides Joshua's men under a pile of straw on her roof. Believing that the living God, Yahweh, could usher in a new era, new life, new beginnings, new hope. This sex worker makes a powerful confession of faith in Joshua chapter 2, and she proclaims her confidence in the God of Israel. Isn't this the point of the story? This is God's victory in God's way. And no one expected this or predicted this act of courage by a pagan prostitute. Let's read her words, beginning with verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And that a great fear of you has fallen on us, that is, the people in Jericho, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you, you Israelites. We have heard of how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, For when you came up out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. And when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven, above and on the earth below. Now then, 
please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. And the spies responded, Our lives for your lives. The men assured her, If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. You see, once again, God carries out his kingdom, his rule, through the use of the underdog, the powerless, those on the margin of society. A person on the border takes center stage in the story of faith. And in some ways, we shake our heads in this utter disbelief and amazement. If God can reach Rahab, he can reach anyone. If God can use Rahab, he can use anyone. And she becomes from pagan sex worker to Israel's matriarch. I'll show you in a minute. People can change. Sometimes they want to. She was ready. She was ready for change. You can change. People's stories can change. Families can be rerouted and can change through the power of the Most Holy One. Legacies and generations can change. You see, this series is about next steps, next steps of faith, and how simple was Rahab's next step? I did not say it was easy. It wasn't easy. But it was simple. Hide them. Hide them. And then lie to the king's men. And then give, be given credit all over the Bible for lying to the king's men. But doing it by faith and then redirecting them. Make a deal with the spies. Trust Yahweh God's salvation and his rescue. Now her story is so significant in Joshua chapter 2 that it makes it into the New Testament. Not just once but multiple times. And each passage encourages us in our next steps of faith. Let me show you the, a couple of these passages. The first one is in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31. 
And uh, you might remember, this is the great passage, the Hall of Fame of uh, Faith. The great Hall of Faith, the great outlay of all the people that have lived by faith, that are counted through history. And the text says in verse 31, by faith, the prostitute Rahab. Because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Now, Tony Evans makes kind of a funny remark here. He says, can't we give the sister a break? Every time you mention her, we call her the prostitute. You know, can't she outlive that identity? But she is such a heroine in the story that commentators through the centuries have tried to even spin her character into becoming, well, she was just an innkeeper, a tavern keeper. She's, as some commentator said, she sells food and nourishes others with her beauty. Oh, that was a nice way of saying it. You know, I believe it's exactly because of our reluctance to have God move in ways we don't expect, that we don't approve, that we don't understand, with people that we wouldn't choose, this is why she remains Rahab the prostitute in this scripture. Because we got to see it again plain that God works in this way through this type of person. So here she is in this hall of fame, Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and David and Rahab the prostitute. She's in the hall through her faith and trust in taking next steps. James 2, in verse 25, James says this, In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did? When she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction, Here she's labeled again, but she welcomes and then she sends off the spies into the hills away from where the king's officers would head. Her faith is proved, James Point, by her actions, not her discussion. Of course, this is the, proof, the point of much of the book of James, that faith produces works. And likewise, until you move, until you start taking steps of faith, action, you haven't really demonstrated faith. What are your next steps? Finally, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew and the beginning of the New Testament starts with this long genealogy. We got Matthew 1 in there? 
Oh, that's right. We're, we're fine. Let me read one, and then I'll have you put up verse 5 in just a second. The, the one one says this. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then the genealogy is given, and it's easy to skip over if you're reading your Bible because genealogies aren't all that exciting, but I want you to see verse 5. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. I believe the text goes on. Maybe I missed one verse here. The father of King David is verse 6. Through the line of Rahab came King David. Through the line of David came Jesus. In street talk, What's a hooker doing in the lineage of Jesus Christ? What kind of God do we serve? And I wonder if Jesus himself when he was confronted by those men who were ready to stone the adulterous woman in John chapter 8, and despite her messed up past and having had five husbands and now living with a man who was not her husband, I'm sorry, that's John 3, we'll get there in a minute, John 8, I wonder if, if he remembered in that moment that adulterous woman Rahab the harlot. And I remember maybe he called to her mind that day because you see, she was one of his great-grandmothers. And then I wonder if he thought again about his great-grandmother Rahab as he reached out to the woman at the well. And, and for her, despite her messed up past and having had five husbands and now living with a man who was not her husband, he treats her with respect and truth and grace and possibility. When you are tempted to shut out other people, when you think they are too far out, too far gone, not a Christian type, or they have so much anger, or they're seething with underlying hostilities, or they rage against men or women 
or against civil society or against injustices and indignities. Will you remember this? Three of the four women named in Matthew's genealogy were adulteresses. But that didn't stop God. It didn't stop God from choosing them or changing them or using them. And that certainly should cause us to pause before doing God's job of passing judgment. So this morning I'm asking you to take a next step of faith and to challenge maybe the sum of the subconscious lists that you have made or the people that you have decided God can't reach or save or use. People who are a turnoff or a lost cause or ones who are perpetually on the margin of society. to rewrite your list of others just as God, through Christ, has rewritten his list about you. For it's here on the border. It's on the border wall where God does his most amazing work. This is where Faith thrives. It's where faith grows. And it is from these very people on the margins that our faith, for those of us particularly who are on the inside, are re energized and re engaged. So let me put it this way. No one is too far for God to rescue. No one is too far for God to use. Even to use to save an insider like you. the word of the Lord.